Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Menashe. On today's show, we're talking about different structures for making investment in an individual project. There are so many different ways to invest. The question is, what are the pros and cons of one approach versus the other? It really starts with getting educated on the type of investment that's going to be a fit for you. Investments run the full gamut, from buying existing stabilized assets at one end of the spectrum to undertaking large-scale development at the other end of the spectrum. These are vastly different in terms of the rates of return that are possible as well as the timeline and the risks associated with each of these asset types. In general, greenfield development projects have the greatest value creation potential, but they take the longest to bring to fruition. Fully stabilized projects deliver cash flow from day one, but they have limited short-term upside. Growth in value will come through the rent growth over the long term in those types of projects. When evaluating any investment, we look at three major factors. Number one, the team. What is their track record? Do they have the expertise? Number two, the specific submarket, And then number three, the deal itself. Due diligence on all three of these elements takes a lot of effort to do it thoroughly. Some people simply rely on a brand name as a proxy for doing due diligence. By choosing a brand name like, say, BlackRock or Amazon or Keller Williams, you hope that they're doing their due diligence so that you don't have to. In some cases, a fund manager will launch an investment fund for the purpose of investing in a specific asset class and perhaps with a geographic focus. You might come across a fund manager who specializes, say, in mobile home parks or apartments or industrial buildings. In the last few years, we've seen the advent of investment clubs. The value of these clubs is that they pool the efforts of multiple people when it comes to performing due diligence. Investors are still making individual investment decisions whether to invest directly in a given project. In the exempt market for securities, there are broker-dealers and registered investment advisors who are licensed to accept compensation for introducing investors to specific investment opportunities. These broker-dealers are paid by the deal, and the registered investment advisors are actually paid by the investor themselves, usually based on a percentage of assets under management. But before they can make an introduction, a third-party due diligence report is usually prepared as part of the process. There are a handful of firms that are staffed with lawyers and accountants who perform this type of work. Factright and McLaw are examples of two of several firms that specialize in this type of work. In our development company, we consider it to be our responsibility to perform thorough due diligence on any potential project long before it becomes an official project within our organization. When we conduct due diligence, we have two extensive due diligence checklists that we use. The first one is used to quickly disqualify a project before we expend a tremendous amount of effort on due diligence. If we pass that first series of tests, then we undertake the full underwriting and the due diligence. As part of the process, we commission third-party market studies, which are used to verify our market assumptions. Whether an investor is conducting their own due diligence or relying on a third party's due diligence report, these underlying market studies are going to form part of the foundation of the due diligence. We don't expect investors to go out and spend anywhere from five dollars to $15,000 on their own independent research. We readily share this due diligence information in our investor portal as part of the data room that supports the project. Individual investors often struggle to perform their own due diligence. The fact is you can't be an expert at everything. You can't be an expert at apartment leasing in a specific submarket, and an expert on zoning, and an expert on construction costing. I mean, I suppose you could be an expert on all of those, but then chances are you would be an active developer and not a passive investor. Where a fund manager can be an asset is that they are accustomed to performing due diligence on projects that they allow to form part of their fund. 
Some investors object to this extra layer of fund manager between the investor and the project. The extra layer adds cost and, by definition, has to degrade the investment returns. If the investor is confident performing their own due diligence, then the extra layer is wasteful. For example, some high net worth families have professional money managers in-house and they have the in-house expertise to perform the due diligence. These investors often refuse to even look at fund offerings for that reason. They don't see the value associated with the extra layer. But measuring rate of return means looking at the risk-adjusted returns. We would probably agree that two identical offerings having the same rate of return projection would be viewed differently if one had a thorough due diligence package and the other one didn't. The risk associated with those two offerings would be different. Now, there's no right or wrong in any of these options as long as you're confident that your due diligence criteria are being met. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.